excess of 30 million pounds at auction. One item was the prize of the collection. In the center display case was a delicate hand made of pure gold. Orr marveled at the lustrous beauty of the metal. Manzini, a short, balding man with powerful arms, removed a sledgehammer from his belt. Let's get rich he said, and swung the hammer toward the case. The thick glass shattered, and Manzini reached in, removed the golden hand, and wrapped it with bubble wrap before stuffing it into his bag. He moved on to the jewelry case. Russo, so skinny that his pants could have been held up by a rubber band, used two hands to swing his own hammer. He smashed the back of the case holding a Picasso drawing, and withdrew it carefully to keep it from getting cut by the shards. While Manzini and Russo gathered the rest of the jewels and rolled up the artwork, Orr raced to the back of the vault. With a single blow, he liberated three ancient manuscripts and carefully placed them in his duffel. The collection of rare gold coins was next. In three minutes, they had emptied the vault's entire contents into their bags. That's it, Orr said. He opened his cell and dialed. The call was answered on the first ring. Yeah. We're on our way, Orr said and hung up. They stepped over the bullet-riddled guards and ran to the building's entrance. Outside, Orr could make out sirens in the distance. But they were going in the other direction. A stolen cab was waiting for them. The driver, Felder, wore a flat cap, glasses, and a fake mustache. They tossed the bags into the car and got in. Success, Felder asked. Just like the video, Russo said. Thirty million pounds worth. A third of that on the black market, Manzini said. Orr's buyer is only paying ten million. Either way, it's more money than you've ever seen, Felder said. Drive, Orr said, impatient with their giddiness. They still weren't done. The cab took off. Because London has the highest concentration of surveillance cameras in the world, they kept their masks on. After a theft like this, Scotland Yard would pour over every single video for the one clue that would lead back to the thieves. Orr was confident that would never happen. As they had practiced, the cab reached the boat slip at the Thames River dock only five minutes later. They left the cab sitting at the dock car park and made their way to the cabin cruiser Felder had hired. Orr knew the boat might be traced back to Felder, but by the time it was, it wouldn't matter. As soon as they were on board, Felder, a native Brit who had plied these waters for ten years as a tug crewman, threw the throttle forward. They wouldn't stop until they reached the Strait of Dover, where the plan was to go ashore in Kent and use a rental car to make their final escape on a Sea France ferry to Calais. While Felder navigated, the rest of them emptied the contents of the bags in the blacked-out forward cabin to take stock of their haul. Russo and Manzini cackled in Italian. 
The only word or an American could understand was when they mentioned their hometown, Napoli. Naples. He ignored them and carefully inspected the three manuscripts. He found the one he wanted and set it aside. The other two were worthless to him, so he put them back in the duffel. By the time they finished sorting the goods, the boat had entered the English Channel. It was time. Orr turned his back to Russo and Manzini and drew the silenced Sig Sauer he'd used to kill the guards. Hey, Orr, Russo said. When do we meet your contact? I want my money soon, capiche? No problem, Orr said and whipped around. He shot Russo first, then Manzini. Manzini toppled onto Russo, the necklace he'd been fondling still in his hand. The wind and the engine noise.